Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Hello, New Point, and welcome to each of our six locations and everyone joining us online. You know, I I hope that you were able to experience a credible weekend last weekend. I, I trust that you were like me. You were able to get together with your family. You were able to have a good meal. You were able to catch up on life because I, I know for us, we hadn't gotten together for months. And so it was just good to be able to be in the same house, the same room, and enjoying life together. So I trust that each of you were able to experience that on some level. Now, I'm excited about today, though. And the reason why I'm excited is because we're kicking off a brand new series, and we're calling it Fruit. Full. Now, I want to ask you a couple of questions. They're elementary questions, and I'm not trying to be cute or condescending. I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page about some of the fundamentals of life. And so here's my first question. What is the best way to tell an apple tree is an apple tree? Now, it's not a trick question. It has apples, right? Absolutely. That's what we'd all say. Now, how do you know if there's a tree that is producing peaches? Well, it would be because it's a peach tree, right? Well, Jesus asked some of these same questions a little over 2,000 years ago. And uh, he asked these questions because he wanted to drive home a point. And I want to drive home a point as well. But let's look at what Jesus had to say. He said, you can identify them, okay, referring to followers of Christ by their fruit. That is by the way they act or the way they live. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? It goes on to say, a good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit. Get that? And a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Simply put, a peach tree won't produce apples, or vice versa. And Jesus is saying, in the same way, you can identify, okay, certain types of trees by their fruit, and you can identify one another by the fruits of our life as well. And so it's true. And so we want to be able to live lives, those of us who know Jesus Christ as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our life, we want to be able to live our lives that produce the fruit of one who follows Jesus Christ, that they would say of me, they would say of you. You know what? You're a follower of Jesus, right? Because you're producing his kind of fruit. And it's not only fruit, but it's healthy and good fruit that we're talking about, okay? Now, what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? What types of fruit are we talking about? What are we looking for? How do we know? Well, we're going to look at that, and we're going to look at it more deeply in this series called Fruitful. It's going to be a great series, and I want you to make a commitment today that you will not miss a weekend, okay? Now, one of the reasons why we do what we do here at New Point is that we believe that everybody spends forever somewhere. Everyone does, okay? You're going to spend it somewhere. I'm going to spend it somewhere. The people that you know, the people that you love, the people that I know, the people that I love. 
going to spend it somewhere. But that's only a part of the good news. That's only a part of what you and I refer to as eternal life. It's a big part, but it's only a part. That's the quantity of life. But we want to talk about the quality of life. You see, Jesus came not only to forgive you of your sins, but he came so that you might have life and have life to the fullest. You see, Jesus came not only to deal with the penalty of sin, the penalty of sin, that is forgiveness of sin, but he came to deal with the power of sin so that it would no longer have a hold on you so that you can live life and life to the fullest. Now, what happens is we only have a a tendency to think in terms of forgiveness of sin, the penalty of sin, but we don't talk much about the power of sin. And the reason why we need to talk about the power of sin is because sin always leads to death. It always leads to death. And so God wants not only to break the penalty of sin in your life, but he wants to break the power of sin in your life. You see, what happens is we think that Jesus only loves us because of how we behave, right? Maybe you've heard someone say this, oh, you don't want to do that. Jesus won't love you. If you do that, Jesus won't what? Be happy. And that's not necessarily true. Jesus will always love you. He will always love me. The reason why he doesn't want you to sin, the reason why he doesn't want me to sin is because sin always brings death. Every time you and I sin, it brings death. Every time that Dwight sin, it brings death to maybe my relationship with my wife, Patty, or my kids, or maybe a coworker. And so Jesus came not only to deal with the penalty of sin, but the power of sin. Because every time you and I sin, It brings death. It might be death to a relationship, death to our health, death to our career, death to our finances. And so Jesus not only died so that you could be free from the penalty of sin, but he died, listen to me, he died so that the power of sin might be broken in your life because he doesn't want things to to come about in your life that will bring death to a marriage, to a relationship, to your finances, to your health, to your career. And so he's given us the power to be able to say no, listen to me, to sin. Peter understood this after the resurrection. He understood that there was power available to him, not only for the penalty of sin, but also for the power of sin. Look what he writes. He says this, his divine power, talking about Jesus, has given us everything, everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now listen to this. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature. That's the power of God, Jesus living in you, his spirit living in you. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And then he clicks into this next level. He says, for this very reason, Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. Now check this out. Here's what he's saying to you and me. 
if, if we cooperate with God, all right? If we become a, a partner with God in this, he says, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It could read something like this. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive as a spouse, as a father, as a mother, as a friend, as a leader. Peter is saying, here's what he's saying. He's saying that there is a portion that God does that only God can do, that only God can provide. His power has given us what? Everything that we need to produce a godly life, to be effective and to be productive. But he also is saying that you and I have a part to play. That's why he says, make every effort to add to this because we're in partnership. In fact, you know what? We can't produce good fruit in our life unless we're in this partnership with God. Now, we need him, but he calls for you and I to make an effort to have a role in the process. And many times we don't understand this or we don't embrace this. It's a partnership that begins with God and then picks up with you and me. And that's what it takes to be able to produce fruit in our lives. He provides some things and then listen to me. And then he asks for your participation and my participation, that we provide something. So that's what I wanna share with you as we kick off this series. Let's look at first what God provides. He provides his spirit. He provides his spirit that comes and lives within every man and woman who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. God provides this in order to, to bring about the transformation in your life and in my life. And when we commit ourselves to Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God comes and dwells in us and empowers us and leads us. Here's, here's what Romans tells us. But you do not live as your human nature tells you to. What's our human nature? Our five senses, okay? You ever heard somebody say this? If it feels good, what? Do it. Paul is saying, but you do not live as your human nature tells you to, all right? Not just if it feels good, do it. Instead, you live as the Spirit tells you. If, in fact, God's Spirit lives in you. If you know Jesus Christ, then your question is not, does it feel good? Your question is, does it honor God? He goes on to say this, for whoever does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. And so he's saying here that when we accept Jesus Christ, his spirit comes and lives within us so that what happens is we don't live by our human nature. If it feels good, do it. We live by the spirit of God. Does it honor God? He goes on to say this. He says, but if Christ lives in you, the spirit is life for you because you have been put right with God, even though your bodies are going to die because of sin. Wow. He goes on and says this, if the spirit of God who raised Jesus from death lives in you, then he who raised Christ from death will also give you what? Life to your mortal bodies by the presence of his spirit in you. God gives us his spirit, which gives you and I a new power, a new strength, a new vitality to be, listen to me, to be able to do what is right, not just to do what we feel, Wow, that's unbelievable. I, I, I hope you get that. 
And you see, the Spirit of God begins to work in your heart and in my heart so that we'll become more and more like Jesus and we'll bear that fruit. But he provides his Spirit, but he provides his Word. He provides his Word, God's Word, okay? It's a manual on how to do life. Whatever you want to do in life, whether it be a spouse, whether it be a parent, whether it be a leader, whatever it is, finances, everything, relationships, leadership, it's all right here. It's right there and he's given us his spirit and he's given us his word, his manual. Look at what Timothy says. The whole Bible, the whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to what? Teach us or train us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and helps us to do what is right. It is God's way, listen to this, it is God's way of making us well-prepared at every point, at every point, well-prepared for every situation in life. When, when we embrace this and, and, and we dwell in this and we understand that it's there to teach us and to train us, then what happens is it will equip you for every role in life that you and I have, every responsibility in life that you and I have. I heard a story about a converted cannibal and he was on an island on the South Seas and he was sitting by a large pot that he was watching over and he was reading, so to speak, the Bible when an anthropologist came by and uh, he approached him and he said, what are you doing? And the native replied, you know what? I'm reading the Bible. And the anthropologist scoffed at him and said, don't you know, don't you know, don't you realize that modern civilized men have rejected that book for many, many years? It's nothing but a pack of lies and fairy tales. You shouldn't waste your time reading it. And the converted cannibal looked dead straight at the man, and said, you know what? If it wasn't for this book, you would be in my pot. <laughs> you know what he's saying? He's saying the word of God has so changed me and it's changed my appetites that I'm a different person. And God has provided his spirit, his word, and when we embrace that, it changes our lives and it bears forth fruit in you and me. And so we need to be able to embrace God's word. We need to read it. We need to study it. We need to memorize it. We need to meditate on it. We need to apply it. That's why we encourage you to read the daily and take advantage of it. And then the third thing is circumstances. God provides circumstances. His spirit, his word, and circumstances. You see, what we have to understand is this, God will use everything in our life. And you might say, Dwight, maybe God can use some circumstances, but can he use all circumstances? I'm telling you, he will use every circumstance that you and I encounter in life, every one of them. And this is something that we have to understand. Because what happens is we have a tendency to think that Jesus came to make us happy more than being fulfilled. But God's promise to you and me is not that you and I will live a happy life. God's promise to you and I is that we can live a fulfilled life. 
And so guess what? He will use every circumstance in your life to develop you and to develop me. He'll use the problems. He'll use the pressures. He'll use the disappointments. He'll use the heartaches. He'll use the tragedies. He'll use the difficulties. He will use the stress of life. He will use everything. All the circumstances that you find yourself experiencing in life, he will use every single one of them. Matter of fact, he will not waste one of them. I love what C.S. Lewis has to say, referring to this. It says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. Wow. Have you learned this truth that Proverbs speaks to? Proverbs says it like this, sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Huh? Sure. Why? Because we change only when we fear the fear of change more than the pain that we are experiencing. I like to say it like this, until the pain of remaining the same becomes greater than the pain of change, there'll be no change. You see, we don't change when we see the light. We change when we feel the what? Heat. When we experience the pain. And so God will use circumstances in your life and my life. Not that he's caused, but he will use them. That's why Romans speaks to this so vividly. He says, we are confident that God is able to what? Orchestrate some things, most things, no. Everything to work towards something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. What's his plan? That we become like Jesus. You see, there's, listen, listen to me. There's nothing that comes into your life or my life that first does not go through the filter of our heavenly father. And if it's come to you and me through his filter, it's come with much promise and purpose. You see, God speaks to you and I through circumstances. He speaks to you and I through his spirit and through his word. And God wants to use everything in your life and in my life to develop the fruit that we desire and that he desires for you and me. And so God will use every situation in your life, his spirit, his word, and circumstances. Now that's his part. That's what he provides. So what's our part? What's my part? What's your part? What's our part? How should we respond in this partnership with God? Well, let me give you a couple of ways. First, by relying on God's spirit, by relying on God's spirit. Paul would say it like this as he writes to the church in Galatia. So I say, walk by the Spirit or walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, your human nature. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Now listen to this. He says, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want to do. What he's saying is that, that we have this conflict and it'll keep you and I from doing what we need to do and what we want to do and what is right. And so what you need to understand is this, every Christian, every person who has trusted Jesus Christ as the forgiver of their sins and the leader of their life have the spirit of God in their life, but not every person is experiencing the power of God in their life. You see, Jesus compares this 
to um, being a vine and a branch. And here's what he says. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears what? Much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, how do we know that we're abiding in Christ? How do we know that we're relying on his spirit? Because that's literally what that means. How do we know that? Well, you look at your prayer life. Your prayer life demonstrates the level of dependency that you have on God or how much you're abiding in Christ. So guess what? Do you pray about your decisions? Do you pray about your needs? Do you pray about your interests? Do you pray about your schedule? Do you pray about your problems? Do you pray about the people that you're going to meet with? Do you pray for your kids? Do you pray for your mom and dad? Do you pray for your boss? Do you pray for your your employees? Do you pray about your purchases? Do you pray and pray and pray? That's what it means to abide, to be aware that God is always present and to practice his presence. And so what we need to understand is our part is to rely upon God's spirit. You see, Paul would say it like this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answer. If you do this, you will what? Experience fruit, God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace, the fruit, will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet as you rest, as you trust in Christ Jesus. So you rely upon God's spirit. That's our part. The second part of of our responsibility is to renew our mind. We respond by relying upon the spirit and by renewing our mind. You see, listen, you and I are free to think about anything. However, we must choose very carefully what we think about, okay? You say, why? Well, look at what Proverbs has to say. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. If I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times. You cannot act inconsistently with how you think. Look, I love this quote here. Here, Here's here's, here's the quote. You are not what you think you are, but what you think you are. Wow. You see, if you're going to change, if, if you're going to be transformed, if you're going to bear the fruit, that God wants in your life, and if I'm gonna do it in my life, then what happens is we have to change the way in which we think. We have to change our our thought patterns because change always begins with the way in which you and I think. You see, that's, that's what it means to repent. Repent means to change the way in which you think, change your perspective. It doesn't mean that that you are to recite all of your sins. It just means that, you know what? I need to think different about this. I need to think the way in which God's spirit thinks about this, not how my human nature thinks about this. And so when a person comes to Christ and embraces his forgiveness and becomes his follower, we do that by repenting. And we say, God, I change the way in which I think about Jesus. He is the Messiah. He is the savior of the world world. He is the one and only. And so what happens is we begin to experience this transformation by the renewing of our 
mind by changing the way in which we think about God and about life and about our world. You see, Romans tells us like this, do not conform to the pattern of this world. The world says, if it feels good, what? Do it. The world says, just act on your senses. But Jesus says, no, allow me to lead you and guide you. And so Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you want to change your life, if you want to change your actions, then you and I have to change the way in which we think. We have to change, we have to change our thought patterns. You see, you might act resentful. You know why you act resentful? It's because you have resentful thoughts. You have resentful thoughts. The reason why you and I respond in an angry way is because we have angry thoughts. And so when you change the way in which you think, you change the way in which you act. And when you change the way in which you act, you change the way in which you respond to situations. And you know what it means? That you and I can leave a different legacy than what we would in our natural way of doing things. You see, when you change the way in which you act, you change your legacy. But you must start with thinking differently by renewing your mind through what? Right here, God's word. Let me give you this last one, and it's this. We respond by relying on God's spirit, renewing our mind, and responding wisely to circumstances, okay? The way in which you and I respond to circumstances that come into your life and my life will determine whether we get the outcome that we're looking for. You see, you can't control all the circumstances in your life. You can't even control most of of what happens to you. But you and I get to choose how we respond to that which happens to us. That's why in life, it's more important what happens in you than what happens to you. And we have to realize that. You see, Romans says it like this. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop us in patient endurance. Wow. Here's here's what you need to realize. He goes on to say this. He says, and patient endurance will refine our what? Our character. And proven character leads us back to what? Hope. Hope. So the way in which we respond to our circumstances will either lead us to despair or back to hope. You see, here's the truth that I want you to get today. And that is this. God produces fruit in you and me by allowing you, listen to me, by allowing you and I to encounter situations and people with the characteristics that are opposite to the fruit of the Spirit. This is one of the reasons why it's so important that you live in community with other people who are different than you. This is why it's so important that you get involved in ministry and you begin to serve with people who are different than you because what happens is God's going to use those people and those situations and those circumstances to develop fruit in you. And fruit takes time. You see, you cannot come to a place of maturity instantly. It's not automatic. God will use all of this in your life and my life to develop the fruit that he wants in you and me. And we can begin by telling God this right now, today, saying, God, you know what? I wanna be productive. I wanna be effective in life. I wanna live a a fruitful life. 
And so God, I'm asking you to use your word to change me. I'm inviting your spirit to come and take control. I'm inviting you to use everything in my life, every circumstance in my life to bring about the fruit that you want me to be and you want me to have and you want me to experience. You see, listen, when you partner with God in this, your life will never be the same because you'll experience fruit that otherwise you could not produce in your own life, only by his spirit. And so going back to the very beginning of what I asked you, I said, can an apple tree, okay, produce anything other than apples? No. And so a Christ follower can only produce a certain kind of fruit. You see, when we partner with him, there's going to be evidence that he's living in us, that we know him, that we're following him. And I wanna give that to you as we close. One is affection for others, love, exuberance about life, joy, serenity, peace, a willingness to stick, a willingness to stick with things, okay, patience, goes on, a sense of compassion, kindness, the quality of, of being morally good and virtuous, goodness, loyal commitments, faithfulness, not needing to force our way in life, gentleness, the ability to marshal and direct our energy wisely, self-control. Let me ask you a question, okay, as we wrap up. Would you like those in your life? Ask you this, would your spouse, would your kids, would your coworkers, would you like it in your spouse? Would you like it in your kids? Would you like it in your coworkers? Imagine, imagine if all of us would say, I'm coming into partnership with God and I'm gonna embrace his spirit, his word, I'm gonna embrace life and all the circumstances and I'm going to respond by relying on his spirit, by renewing my mind and by responding wisely to the circumstances of life. What would happen? Let me tell you what would happen. Our marriages would change. Our homes would change. Our communities would change. Our workplaces would change. You know why? Because Jesus would be manifested in each of those areas because his fruit would be coming forth in you and in me. And you know what we're gonna do for the next several weeks? We're gonna dive into each of these and we're gonna make sure, okay, that you have a full understanding how you can partner with God ensuring that these fruits are being produced in you and me so that we can represent him well and so that it will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive in our life. I look forward to you and I being the church that God has called us to be and being the hope of the world. And my prayer is that each and every one of us across our cities and our counties will join us and that they will see in you and me something so delicious, if you will, so contagious, so attractive, that they will say, where'd you get that from? And we can say, it's from my heavenly father. 
Would you pray with me? God, we thank you today for who you are. And we thank you that you've not only saved us from the penalty of sin, but you have saved us from the power of sin. You want us to live a fruitful life. That you want us to experience the very best. And you've invited us to partner with you. And so I pray today that we would choose to do that. Maybe for someone today, the first step is by inviting you into their life. And maybe today you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life. And you can say a simple yet life-transforming prayer by just saying, God, I want this fruit in my life. And I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and put your spirit in me so that I can live and bear forth fruit. For others of us, you know what? You have the spirit of God in there but you're not experiencing his power. And maybe today you need to just say, God, today I surrender. I surrender. And I want your spirit and I want your word to take precedent in my life. And I want you to use all of my circumstances, both good and bad, to bring forth the fruit in my life that you desire. And it's in Jesus' name I pray and give thanks. Amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.